everyone to my bleeding ears podcast this is episode number 103 yes it is it is okay i remember yeah remember like in the beginning of the podcast i always just forget the episode number yeah let's you have to be in charge of that yeah i'm the co-host yeah you you print out the sheets oh wait a minute i did that this time (laughs) i had printing issues and i'm probably gonna have to explain myself yeah when I get back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome, everyone. We're back from a week off. Well, not, not a week off, but like a week between episodes, yeah. which is usual. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we take two weeks off, and we're all better now. We're not, we're not feeling as sick. You still have a cough. I but... still have a little bit of a cough, but I'll try <clears throat> to you know, shush you so I can cough, mm-hmm. and you can just edit it out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Plus, it's cold in Chicago still. That's why the radiator, you can still probably hear it in the background. Yeah. It's very warm in here. Very. You hate it. My app says it's 84 degrees in here. How does anyone sleep in that kind of weather? Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about some movies and not the weather. Yeah. Because that's like the worst conversation to ever have with anyone ever is about weather. It's very sad. It's just like, you have nothing to talk about. And you're just like, hey, how about that weather? Yep. Cold enough for you? And yet we're uh, still going. Yeah, on the weather. <laughs> but let's talk about movies instead. Let's do that. Sometimes I'd rather talk about the weather than some of the movies we watch, but hey. <laughs> we'll start off with a decent one that we saw. It's yeah. a, It's a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And, and we've been cutting down on horror movies a little bit lately. Just a little bit. A little. Because we, we caught up on some popular-ish movies. Right, that aren't necessarily horror movies. Yeah. And I think, too, I'm just really turned off by a lot of horror movies lately. Really? Like that new Grudge movie that came out? Like, why? Why? Maybe it's awesome and all the critics are wrong. Sure, but uh, <laughs> when it comes to remakes and reboots and everything, I mean, I'm just not interested at all, really, about yeah. any new remakes or reboots. I, I used to be pretty decent, like, pretty cool with them, but now I just, I, I don't want to see them. I, I don't need to. I really don't want to. Okay. It's their, why? Why? So you can just get that nostalgic dollar from these fucking horror guys of who all course. they talk about is... Michael Myers and Jason and shit. Like, no. I, but I can understand, though. I mean, they're going to make a little bit of money off that. Yeah. And kids. I mean, kids yeah, who was true. like, oh, the grudge 2004 is an oldie. Yeah, And go true. see this updated version. Yeah. yeah, or like a generation after us or a generation yeah. or two after us. Yeah. Oh, it was a remake. Oh, maybe this one will be good. And No, they're never fucking good, man. And not anymore. Or... 
I'm sure there are a few remakes out there that are pretty good. Um, yeah. Like, My Bloody Valentine was that's pretty good. That's the first one that came to mind to me, and yeah. I don't think that that's, like, a legit great film. No, no. But it's super fun. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm just... Man, I'm really getting burned out on it. There's, yeah. But there are good things coming out. It's just that all these... All the ones that they're showing in theaters suck. Yeah. I haven't seen Underwater, but I mean, it looks... I like underwater horror movies no, and monsters. Yeah. Those we look kind of cool. Did it bomb? Yeah, We might be did. part of the problem there. Because yeah. we both wanted to see it, and then we just didn't. Nah, I'm just getting kind of sick of it. And, yeah. And also, a lot of with these independent movies... Well, there's the, the different tiers. Now I'm talking about, like, the Z-grade kind of stuff, and most of that is just mostly exploitation. And... Story-wise, isn't there, and... I don't know, man. It's... Anyone have any suggestions on some good horror movies? Sure, any yeah. independent stuff? Please, let me know. And I've got a list. We just need to... I need to consult that list more yeah, often. we gotta pull the trigger on some yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm really talking mostly about the big-budget stuff that comes out. Yeah. That's released in the theaters. It's... I never thought the Grudge remake was gonna be good. So I wasn't shocked by the awful yeah. reviews. But I'm still gonna see it eventually. Why, why not make a good good one, you know? I guess you never know when you're making it. That's it's, true. Not, yeah. Looks like they got talented people to be in it, too. That's, that's another thing. They had the money for this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we saw a horror movie. We did. It's anyway. Called, it's called From the Dark. This is an Irish horror movie from 2014 on Prime. Mm-hmm. Was it about? I forgot. A couple. <laughs> it's been a while, right? Has it, it? I mean, it it's been less like than a week. But when I when I saw it on my list, I was like, "What the hell is this?" Yeah, me too. And no, I looked it up. I was like, "Oh yeah." Oh yeah, that one. Um, so very memorable. Yeah. A couple on a trip through the Irish countryside find themselves hunted by a creature who only attacks at night. Now, I actually did like this movie. Oh well, let me back up. Maybe the movie isn't great. It's entertaining enough. I think the couple is a good bit of realism. Like, I believe that they're a couple. They yeah. bicker like a couple, but at the end of the day, you know, they come together and try to survive the night mm-hmm. from this monster. Yeah. But they that was real to me. I definitely mm-hmm. believe they were a couple. And so then I was invested in their well-being. Monster was pretty cool in the two. Monster was pretty cool. Yeah. Other than that, I really have nothing else to say about this one. It's okay. Check it out. It's free on Prime. Yeah. yeah. It's not horrible. And I think it was less than 90 minutes. Score. Yeah. Right there. So do it. Unless you like long horror movies. Yeah. Which could be good. Suspiria. Yes. The remake. Right. A good remake. (laughs) Better than the original. (laughs) Much better than the original. But yeah, this one, it's a testament. I mean, I forget movies all the time, so I wasn't surprised that I had to look it up on IMDb and like, wait, what was this? But the fact that you didn't remember watching it. I it's coming back. And Yeah. yeah, and I'm remembering the monster. He was pretty cool. But other than that, I've seen it before. You know, that's another reason, too. I've seen a lot of this shit before. It's the same stuff. And I would like to say, oh, Midsummer was a nice injection, but it's, that's not a horror movie. So. Agree to disagree on that. I know. I know, <laughs> I know we agree to disagree on this yeah. one. But I brought up some really good points about that, though. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to say at least probably 90% of people disagree with me with that Midsummer is not a horror movie. I think it's a horror movie. Yeah, yeah, they think it's a horror movie. And then I, I'll, I'll try and talk about it, you know, um, 
you know, trying to ask people, like, okay, who do you think the antagonist of this movie is? Who do you think the protagonist of this movie is? And usually it's not the same answer that I have or the, the, the same answer that I think of. Yeah. Uh, and Ari Aster, I don't believe, has ever referred to it as a horror movie. No. He calls it a breakup movie. It is. Yeah. It's a drama. Mm-hmm. It's a dramedy. It's actually a dramedy. Because <laughs> there's funny parts there in it. There are some very funny parts, yeah. But that's what I think that movie. It's a dramedy. And it's okay to, if you're a horror fan, it's okay to like dramedy. It's okay <laughs> to like that movie. It's, even though it's not a horror movie. They did throw plenty of gore in there for you. Yeah. If you want it. Yeah. But just because a movie has gore doesn't mean it's a horror movie. Okay. But anyway. So uh, from the dark. From the dark. Uh, so much we started talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's fine. B. Solid yeah. B. Check it out. I'm not even going to give a grade. I don't even give a shit enough to give it a grade, really. Uh, next one, though, not a horror movie, but couldn't be horrifying at the same time. Yeah. Is uh, the movie The Farewell. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about a Chinese family, and they discover that their grandmother is dying of cancer, and they all agree not to tell her that, and I, I believe this is... Maybe a, a Chinese custom in some parts of China? It is, yeah. Okay. I mean, according to the writer-director, it definitely okay. is a common thing to do in China. Yeah. Uh, this was a good movie. I enjoyed it a lot. I did, too. I cried almost the whole way through it. <laughs> um, so this is starring Aquafina. It's written and directed by Lulu Wang. It's based on her actual grandmother and her family scheduling a fake wedding in China so that the whole family will come back and be able to say goodbye to their grandmother, who was diagnosed with terminal lung cancer. Um, so, okay, here's my thing. <laughs> and this is in no way Lulu Wang's fault, and I'm such an asshole for feeling this way, but at the very end of this movie, <laughs> you know where I'm going. Yep. They show a video of Lulu Wang's grandmother, six years strong like uh -huh. i don't know if she still doesn't know she has cancer <laughs> but she's been alive for six years and it it invalidated the whole movie for me and i know that that's not fair this is not my story this is right, the way yeah. story it's not as though she lied to me but i felt a little bit like she lied to me it i mourned my grandparents through this whole movie and then her grandma's still fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that ending really does kind of put a damper on the film. Yeah. It was very, very enjoyable. And that part, I don't want to say it's a cop-out or anything. It, no, of course not. It's her what? life. It's yeah, true. Right. But yeah. Why did you have to tell me? <laughs> <laughs> Why couldn't I just be disappointed later when I looked it up on the internet? <laughs> right. And your grandma's still fine. She saved you time, honey. You didn't have to waste to look up if, if Nainai is alive or not. Fine, like she's still doing a sort of version of Tai Chi. Fine. <laughs> not like an invalid. You know what's interesting about this movie is that it bombed in China. Really? Yeah. Maybe bombed. they didn't appreciate their based on an actual lie story coming right. forward. Or maybe a bunch of grandmas were like, wait a minute. But this happens, <laughs> though, with some Chinese movies that make it big here in the United States. Like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was a box office bomb. 
in China. Oh, wow. Oh, Big bomb. so good. But here, we fucking ate that shit up, yeah, man. We, we were all it. about it. <laughs> and that's what's just so strange about our, our cultures is that some shit that we don't like, people just fucking eat it up. Like, there was the whole joke about uh, Jerry Lewis and how France loves oh, fucking France Jerry Lewis. Oh, France loves Jerry Lewis. Yeah, there's yeah. that whole... I mean, over here, like, yeah, he was funny for a while, but, you know, I'm kind of glad you guys took over for him, you know. Um, and just other other countries just pick up and love stuff here that may be, I mean, not as big to them. Or I'm, I'm trying to think of some other instances where something's huge over in Japan or somewhere and it's not as big over here. I'm just trying to, I can't really. I'll think of something as we go the Meg. On. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. I mean, that was, well, that was a Chinese co-production. Oh, okay. Apologies. So that's probably why it, it, it was <laughs> big and uh, bigger in China than it was here in the United States. But okay. yeah, that was a co-production and that's why there were so many Chinese actors and there's that whole right. scene at the end where the Meg's going to uh, that beach. Right. Right. And, and that's why it, but okay, so not a great example. <laughs> okay. But stuff like that. Or, or let's say like they're they're huge. Oh, okay, here here's 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 one right here. Um like how big death metal music is in Sweden and they like certain bands here in the United States. Or like David Hasselhoff. Perfect example right there. Love him in Germany. The fucking Germans <laughs> love him, right? Supposedly, and here he's just fucking Night Rider <laughs> or yeah. the douchebag from Baywatch. Baywatch, right? Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, uh, getting off topic. Yeah. But yeah. This is uh check this movie out. It was great acting in here. It's really good. It's available to rent on Amazon Prime, and I'd recommend spending a few bucks on it. I'm really glad I did. Yeah. Acting uh, the dads and just like the character development they go through too, and yeah. the emotions they have is is really cool. I yeah. enjoyed it. Definitely. Uh, here's another movie that we we've seen lately. It's based off of true events, mm-hmm. uh, maybe somewhat dramatized. And I've been wanting to watch this for a while. And luckily, you decided to watch it with me finally. <laughs> yes. It is called Dolomite is my name. I think I just didn't know anything about it, and I was like, "No, Eddie Murphy makes shit movies now. I don't want to see this." <laughs> then I read about it. And people were really upset that he was critically acclaimed. People were very upset that he's been being snubbed by all of these mm-hmm. award ceremonies. And he is. He wasn't. He wasn't nominated for an Oscar. It no. wasn't nominated at all. I don't think for anything. Uh, I might be wrong. About I'm that. not. Sh- I don't believe it was. <laughs> but this was fun. I really wanted to see this because uh, I would like to learn more about Dolomite, and I would like to learn more about. Uh, like black exploitation films from the 70s. Mm-hmm. And I just found this one really interesting. Of course, Dolomite um, in the black exploitation films is like one of the lower budget of those movies. Because mm-hmm. you have to see, like, um, you had your, during that time, you had your big budget films, then you had your lower budget, big budget films, then you had your low budget films, and then you had your black exploitation films. Mm hmm. And then you had your low, low budget black exploitation films. Right. So that's how it kind of was. So it's really, I really like to see the different tiers that went on into this filmmaking, which I, I love to see movies about filmmaking. Yeah. Um, was uh, One Cut of the Dead was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's plenty of other ones too. I, I can probably rattle them off if I really wanted to think about it. But uh, yeah, this one was cool. I, uh, it's about Rudy Ray Moore and how uh, this guy. 
was a comedian and he was a rapper and he wanted to make it big and he kind of finally did make it big in his neighborhood so after that uh by putting out like a comedy album and doing stand-up and everything and then he wanted to to expand on this character that he i don't want to say he made up but he was influenced by all these different like bums and uh homeless people who lived in his neighborhood and he got all their rhymes and stuff from them and this character from them so he kind of pieced all those together came up with this character and then after a while he wanted to make a movie about it he didn't have too much money to do it so he got like some uh nyc uh film students and friends to help and everything it was just really cool to see this movie come together even though the movie itself isn't all that great uh it depends on who you ask is the point of the movie yeah true exactly (laughs) Um, from like, uh, if you want to just go by the film itself, like, no, it's not a great film, but when you learn more about how it's made, you're like, okay, this is pretty good then. And I, I, I like, I like that where you can learn about something and be able to respect it a lot more and and Mm -hmm. see the film more for what it is and how it was made. I like that kind of stuff. So there's no excuses on these big budget movies and if they suck, really no excuses at all. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is a cool, cool movie. Uh, Eddie Murphy's great, and it's got a ton of uh, famous people in here. Uh, Mike Epps, you got um, Keegan Michael Key, right? Uh, Craig Robinson, Craig Robinson, Titus Burgess from uh, uh, Kimmy Schmidt. Kimmy Schmidt. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is a definite yes for me. It was fun to watch. I wish they did a bit more about the filmmaking process. Agreed. I think the first half of the movie is more about the, him coming up and. Um, Becoming a uh, like a stand-up more and, and trying to get his footing and trying to get his name out there, but you know it's it's cool to see how he got to that point too. I, I can respect yeah. that and I can understand why they did that as a film. I like the mega happy ending. I know nothing about black exploitation films, so I was really scared that this was going to end horribly. Oh no! But mega happy ending. Yeah, this was. I mean, it was a pretty big movie, and it even I remember. What's that? It was that old dirty bastard song, uh, "But Baby, I Got Your Money," and mm-hmm. in the music video they use scenes from Dolomite in there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then you can see like all the lame fighting and shit in there, and the bad yeah. acting. So, uh... <laughs> well, and I just mean because it's critically panned. Mm-hmm. Um, but then at the very end, they get out at the premiere, and there are people lined up around the block to see this movie. Yeah. It doesn't matter. That it's bad, according to critics. Mm-hmm. It's got explosions. It's got boobs, yeah. and it's got Kung black Fu. people. Yeah, exactly. So they felt like they were represented in a film like this. So I think my favorite part is when um, Rudy Ray Moore and his friends are like, "Hey, let's go see a movie," and they go to the theater to go see this comedy. They hear it's, Eddie Murphy hears it's really funny. Let's go, and he takes all of his friends to go see this movie, and um, and it wasn't for them. Right. And this movie wasn't made for them. So that's where he kind of gets the idea of like, all right, let's make movies for the people that or let's make movies I want to watch for the people who want to watch them. Exactly. They want to see titties, kung fu, and some explosions and, and explosions, shit. yeah. Yeah, people want to see that. I want to see that. <laughs> but uh, it, they, they make a point of saying, you know, hey, we want to see the people of our race on the screen. Representation kind of matters, exactly. yeah. Exactly, it does. But yeah, this is a good movie. Check it out. Available on Netflix, if we didn't say. Oh, yes. Yes. 
Now, um, now, there's a lot of, like, documentary dramas and stuff that uh, we went through this week. Uh, the last of our movies that we saw, other than our movie of the week, is another documentary. And this is uh, the second documentary I've seen on Gigi Allen. And mm-hmm. if you don't know who Gigi Allen is, he was like a punk rock dude from, like, late 80s to uh, mid-90s. He, um... He's a performance artist, punk rock dude. Um, and I use that lightly in a way because he used to just shit on the stage and throw shit at people and fight people in the crowd. Cut he was himself. Like, yeah, he did all that shit. When if you don't know Gigi Allen, look up uh, his the first documentary they did on him, which was done by um, Todd Phillips, the guy who did The Hangover and The Joker. Oh, fun fact. He did uh, hated the Gigi Allen uh, story, whatever it is, and it's only about. It's less than an hour long. It's a really mm-hmm. quick movie. And one of the reasons is, that I read it, because he recently talked about the Gigi Allen movie, when he uh, his first film, when he was uh, in NYU, is that he only got two hours of footage of him before he died. And he mm-hmm. actually was there when Gigi was dead. He didn't know he was dead at the time. They thought Gigi was just passed out or all fucked up from oh, heroin. God. But he went in to do something for Gigi at this one house... And Gigi was just, he thought he was just passed out. Everyone thought he was passed out, but he was actually dead. Oh, God. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this one, this Gigi Allen uh, is called The Allens, One Hell of a Family. Or it's called Gigi Allen, All in the Family. There's different titles for this. Yeah, two different titles, but it's the same movie. I double and triple checked. Yeah. And this one's more about Merle, his brother, whom I've actually met before and have taken pictures with. Aww. Yeah, back in 1998, I got to meet Merle because the band The Murder Junkies, the one, the band that Gigi Allen was fronting, played at a show like about a block away from where I lived. So I got to go see him, and uh, they had a table, and I got a picture with him and everything. Uh, so that was cool. I, I, uh, it, it's an awesome memory. And then to see the same guy again in this documentary that I saw, fuck, 15 years ago, maybe even more, uh, up again. And actually, my brother went to go see his band, The Murder Junkies, maybe a few months ago, maybe five or six months ago. So he's actually still touring. Not Gigi, of course, but his brother right. Merle is still touring uh, with some uh, with the original drummer too of the <laughs> of the band, who still drums naked too. <laughs> yeah, but this one's more about his his brother and his mom actually, who yeah. never really listened to his music or anything, and and they didn't have like the greatest relationship. It wasn't horrible, but they just didn't get each other kind of thing. And so after all these years, you know, she still remembers him and still remembers how he really was. Uh, Gigi Allen's real name is Kevin. Right. (laughs) She constantly refers to him as Kevin. You know, I I remember Kevin, my son Kevin, not this Gigi guy thing. So um, it's a nice little informative documentary about Gigi Allen's brother and mom and how, like, uh, Merle still goes out plays, does artwork, he uh, signs shit and sells it on Facebook, uh, the naked drummer still shoves drumsticks up his ass and will like <laughs> sign them and people will buy them, like yeah, he still does that after all these years, <laughs> so yeah, it's if you've seen Hated, the Gigi Allen movie, uh, check this one out too, it's a nice little companion piece, Okay. if you like Gigi Allen, which, liking Gigi Allen... You know that people 
still go to his grave and shit and piss all over it. God. And, and I think someone finally broke it, so they had to take part of the tombstone away. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, it's... And G.G. Allen would have loved that. Yeah, maybe. Cause he... I, and then I ended up reading that once they were about to bury him, uh, I think someone actually got in his casket and pissed in his face. Oh, my God. And then they buried him. <laughs> dude, the dude was fucked up, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, whether or not you like Gigi Allen, and I won't say I do, because I don't know anything about him, except what I've seen in documentaries. And that's definitely not my type of show. No, um, it's not my type of show either. I wouldn't want to go yeah. to one of those. It's a unique character, for sure. Yeah. And my brother and I have a theory of why he was always pissed off and stuff, is because he had, like, a micro-dick... It is very small. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who else wanted, would want to, you know, beat up the crowd having a <laughs> tiny needle dick that fucking Gigi Allen has? You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Our movie of the week is the 2014 low-budget film, Buzzard. I am keep I keep going on this January thing where I'm just doing uh, movies I haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. And I've been in my list for a while, and we'll premiere them here. I think for a while there, I did a lot of movies where I'd already seen them and went over them again, so I kind of already knew what I'd talk about. But now, going through these new films that I haven't seen before... Um, and I know, too, that I'm not getting as many listens now that I'm doing movies that are low-budget and not too many people have seen. But that's okay. I don't mind that at all. Because I'd rather do stuff that I want to do than do a Child's Play remake or some shit. Yeah, so, that's always what this was, was. Yeah, exactly. And so now I'm going to showcase some movies that I think maybe should be showcased. Why yeah. not? Mm-hmm. Even if they are bad. Fuck it. Which I didn't think this one was. I don't no, know about no, you. No, no, yeah. this one. I don't think this movie was bad. <coughs> yeah. It was very minimalist. Yeah. Um, not too much story. I'm sure there's a lot more underneath and underlying in this story than I can. I came out came to mind for me. I thought it was a story that I've never heard before. Okay. Well, let me do the synopsis real quick okay. and let's get into it. It's available on Prime. Go. Yes. If you don't have Prime by now. I don't know. Might as well get it. I don't know. Ethically, it's not awesome. No, it's not. Super handy. Yeah, it is very handy. (laughs) Okay, Buzzard. Paranoia forces small-time scam artist Marty to flee his hometown and hide out in a dangerous Detroit. With nothing but a pocket full of bogus checks, his power glove, and a bad temper, the horror metal slacker lashes out. I mean, that's kind of the gist of the movie, and there's a little more into it. I think um, the interactions between our main guy here, Marty, and his co-worker that he works with, yeah. um, 
played uh, Derek is actually played by the director uh, Joel P- Petrikas. Hope I'm saying that I right. I'm probably so. fucking yeah, that Petrikas. up. Um, the writer director who also did Relaxer, which we did yes. on our podcast, and that's and that's a big reason why I'm doing this movie any, too, is because Relaxer was by the same guys, same actor, same director, mm-hmm. and I fucking love that movie. <laughs> it's I uh, do too, and I definitely liked that one more. Yes, oddly, I felt <laughs> like it was a more mature piece of filmmaking, which is weird to say because there's a lot of vomit and grossness in it. <laughs> <laughs> And really just, like, two camera angles. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's all it is, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I did like Relaxer more, so I really did want to see some of these guys, some of this guy's early stuff. And I wasn't disappointed at all. I didn't really know what to expect. But once the movie started, I kind of like, okay, this is what this kind of movie's going to be. And I, I did enjoy myself. Uh, I think the acting in it is great. I think there's uh, this director has a unique voice. Yes. Which is another reason I wanted to see this movie, and yeah, I think the the filmmaking matured once Relaxer came out. Uh, but this movie's this movie's still fun. I still had a, a good time watching it. There's funny parts in it, and just the the relationship between uh, Derek and Marty is is funny. And just yeah, how two white boys being morons, right? <laughs> <laughs> so pretty much what this movie is is that this guy marty tries to cheat and scam his way through life kind of you know finding deals finding coupons uh he closes a checking account and wants to reopen one because he'll get 50 dollars for opening a new checking account Mm -hmm. things like that that's how our movie opens and that gives us our character in the beginning Mm -hmm. and then we see marty at his job and how he orders these supplies from his work and he ends up just selling them back to the store uh, because he knows a guy there and he ends up he works at this he works at like a a part of a bank that does mortgages yeah and he's given a task to get a hold of all these people so he can send them these checks where they've overpaid but -hmm. whenever he tries to call someone they just hang up on him so he can't really get through to anyone but then he ends up signing those checks over to himself and that's where everything starts to be fucked up for Marty. And Marty's not really a normal guy either. He, he's kind of a loner. Uh, he's, I don't want to say friends with a guy at work, but he he, <laughs> he at least, you know, talks with the guy. And Yeah, because he doesn't seem to have any friends, No, he doesn't. Se. Yeah. So there's something wrong with Marty. And throughout this movie, I'm thinking maybe it's... Uh, schizophrenia I'm not a doctor but I don't know about that well what do you think Marty's problem is I don't know I mean he definitely has some like social ineptitude yes but I don't know if I would call it mental illness oh Okay. Um, I, I mean, I, maybe, maybe judging by the end maybe a sociopath yeah well I was thinking that throughout the movie yeah. anyway <laughs> so yeah <laughs> Uh, but Marty really gets in trouble when he does the signs those checks over because he finds out that they're going to check and see who cashed those checks and if they're cashed correctly or not. Yeah, because they take an image of the front and the back of the check, so they'll see his signature right. on the back. So he asks Derek, his co-worker, who's also another fucking weirdo and yeah. really doesn't have any friends either, and he keeps telling him about uh, Party Town. 
Party, I thought it was the party zone. It's party zone. Well, it changes. Party town, <laughs> okay. party zone, party city. He changes it a few times. Right. <laughs> he's like, you gotta come over to party fucking town. So he ends up finally going to Derek's house, and he lives with his dad, which yeah. we never see. And he lives in the basements, and that's where party town is. That's where the party zone is. And it's only, <laughs> what they have down there is just a couch and like a, one of those lights that has all those different lights and rotates yeah kind of of. yeah Yeah, one of those and and a video game console like an old one yeah like a nintendo and a genesis (laughs) (laughs) so he hides out there for a while and then he goes on the run for a while and finds out that his the the person who his boss the one who was going to check up on those checks um actually was fired but before that even though he gets caught up because he tries to do the whole check thing again and one of those guys, uh, one of the bank, the guy who owns the bank, pulls him to the side of the room and pretty much tells him, like, yeah, what you're doing sends up red flags. I've called the cops. Yeah. And Marty ends up hurting that guy, almost killing him. I don't know if he dies or not because... I'm pretty sure he dies. That's a pretty so. bloody neck wound. Yeah, yeah, we don't see him die. So that's... Okay, no kills or breasts in this movie. No, he is choking on his own blood. Yes. That's bad news. But he was still alive when he left. <laughs> but throughout this movie, we see that Marty is a fan of Freddy Krueger, and he made his own Freddy Krueger glove. Yeah, he's got a kick-ass Freddy Krueger poster that I've never seen before. Right. From, uh, <laughs> the the Hamlet Warriors. One. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this Freddy glove is also uh it's made also from one of those power gloves mm-hmm. from nintendo those pieces of shit that didn't really work and they were just big pieces of shit and luckily i never got one when i was a kid even yeah. though they look cool they're garbage they're garbage i mean they look cool now for nostalgia reasons but other than that yeah they're yeah. a piece of shit but anyway then that's pretty much our movie of him and then he at the end he finds out that yeah he he's free in his mind he doesn't have anything to worry about even though he just almost killed or maybe killed this bank owner and that the cops know who he is but yeah. the movie ends like him thinking he got away with it which he really yeah. hasn't gotten away with anything just yet he's kind of manic like he yes. probably in the back of his head knows that he's not gotten away with this um and i don't know how you took that the the very last shot is him standing in front of all, all these old TVs and there's a video camera in the middle of all these old TVs filming him. So he looks at the TVs and he sees himself. Um, and then the middle largest TV uh, has him walking out of the frame. Right. But well, he's, he's still standing there. Yeah. So I felt like that meant something like, okay, is that his soul? Did he finally lose his soul because he murdered somebody? What was that? Uh-huh. And I thought, should I just calm down? <laughs> no. you. He put that in the movie for a reason. For a reason, right. And yeah. I think it's... I think it's schizophrenia because of that last scene. Yeah, okay. Interesting. Oh, I never yes. thought that, but okay. Multiple personality kind of thing. Yeah. So that's why that's where I got that from. I see your point just because of that last yes. scene. Yes, yes. And yeah. I think that, like you said, it was put there for a reason. Yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, there really isn't too much else to say about the movie. Um, it's other like than a- some of our, our, some parts that we liked. Yeah, it's like a slice of life. And it, in the uh, the same as Relaxer, there are parts that I'm watching where I'm laughing, but I'm also like mad at myself and rolling my eyes for laughing at it. Because <laughs> the because the interaction of our two leads in yeah. this movie are funny because they're stupid and they're idiots. And I've done shit like that with my friends, but not <laughs> right. as stupidly as they are doing it. But <laughs> the f- 
fights are so childish. Yeah. Right, yeah. So those parts are funny. I like those parts. Uh, I like the part where he, when he first escapes, like he leaves uh, Derek's basement because he'd been there for like a week and he was hiding out from work thinking he's going to get caught. He's he's just trying to hide from everyone and then he finally leaves. He gets some money and he goes and gets a hotel and he totally overspends on the hotel. Because <laughs> like, he only yeah. has like about 300 bucks. Mm-hmm. He spends close to 200 on a hotel when he leaves. And um, while he's in the hotel, he orders room service, and he just asks for $20 worth of spaghetti. <laughs> yeah. And then we get a scene where he just eats spaghetti. For, like, three full minutes. Three full minutes, piling in that spaghetti, too. He and was first hungry. he had asked, do you, do you have any free stuff? Do you have any free stuff? <laughs> <laughs> like, he's clearly never stayed at a hotel like this before. Right. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The, the spaghetti eating scene, of course, is great. Um, then, yeah, there's their interactions with him and Derek are, are funny. And just him trying to scam in different ways. And not being the smartest about it either is, is fun to watch. Because you get movies all the time where people are, like, the best at something or the smartest at something. And then, you know, they, they thwart whomever our antagonist is. Yeah. And this movie isn't like that at all. You're, you're giving people who aren't magicians mm-hmm. to say the least but yeah i uh i don't know about giving a grade maybe a b i'll give this movie i mean for what it was for, i guess yeah. i give it an a because oh, right. I've, <laughs> I've never really seen anything like it joshua burge and i was expecting his character to be kind of the same as relaxer and i'm totally no. wrong he's a very different character in this weirdly likable in both movies when he shouldn't be he somehow mm-hmm. manages to be at least sympathetic maybe not likable but mm-hmm. sympathetic um you know most of the time when we watch con artists like this it's like large-scale white-collar crimes and right this is small time, <laughs> like small potatoes con artist so i sympathize with the guy it's 200 bucks here and there right the fuck do i care about that Amazon hasn't paid taxes for the last two years or so. <laughs> That's what we should care about. That's kind of what this movie is about, too. And he says that, like, all these other big corporations, you know, are, are stealing money and everything. What's, you know, what's with me? Why can't I? You know, kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, in that regard, it's it's really interesting. Um, I don't know. I think Joshua Burns looks a lot like Buster Keaton. I just noticed recently. <laughs> I don't know, take that however you want to. I just, now I can't unsee it. And I wanted to say it out loud, so I did. I want to see him in The Revenant. <laughs> I haven't seen The Revenant yet. Yeah. And I want to check that movie out so I can see him and see Weirdly, what he looks like. Yeah, now I want to see it for him. Yeah, that's why. Because my Leo finally won an Oscar for something. <laughs> I, I really don't even give a shit about that movie, but now I want I to see it. I never did either, yeah. And we've all seen the bear scene. You can't avoid the bear scene. Yeah, so. it looks cool. Yeah. Uh, any final thoughts on Buzzard? Check it out. I don't think you've seen a movie like this before. True. Same yeah. with Relaxer. And I keep talking about Relaxer. And no one's ever seen it, so... Well, Tad from Attack of the Killer yeah, Podcast he did. has now seen it. But I gotta ask him what he thought of it, because it didn't seem like he, he was enjoying it. Well, he just he... wrote something like, what am I watching? Yeah, exactly. And that's... <laughs> And that's the reactions we should have. That from was my reaction now. too. Like, yeah. What am I watching? <laughs> we need more of those. We need more. What am I watching? Because mm-hmm. I know what the fuck I'm watching all the time now. Yeah. And I, I'm 
sick of knowing that all the time. And that one... That's my fault, though. Yes, that's true. And Relaxer, I feel like, really jumps the shark, but in the most awesome, weirdest way. (laughs) (laughs) That one grows on you like a weed. (laughs) Yes. Check out Relaxer. Check out Buzzard. And check us out next week. We'll be back with another film that we haven't seen. Mm -hmm. Love January. Usually they dump all the shit in January in the theaters. We didn't go see any of it. Yeah. Not even Bad Boys. You know, yeah. I, even though I like Bad Boys, the second one, more than the first one. The second one's awesome. I saw it in the theater. It was nuts. I've really soured on Michael Bay since the last Bad He, he didn't do this movie. He didn't? No, he didn't direct it, no. But he produced it? That's it? Maybe. I don't know. But I feel like it's he's two still new directors. got a heavy hand when he produces. Well, actually, the critic, I like Chris Stuckman, said that the action is actually better in this movie, and it's not as Michael Bay-ish. Okay. So, yeah, I want to check it out. I heard it's decent. I'll check it out on my 60-inch TV at home. Yeah, yeah, me too. (laughs) I'm like, I don't think I'll go to the theater to see it, but I do want to see it, along with Underwater. I want to see that one also. Me too. Everything else, I don't give a shit. What comes out this week? Stuff that wasn't going to get me out of the house. I don't even remember. Yeah, something bigger is coming out this week, isn't it? Or maybe next week. Birds of Prey, I know, is coming out. Oh, no, you're right. I think that comes out Friday. No, no, I think next week. Next week, Friday. Not getting me out of the house. Rated R, though. That's at least something. promising, yeah. Yeah. Maybe they can go nuts with this movie. Good. Maybe all all this this whole female cast and female direction and everything. I hope it fucking works. I I really do. And I just hope it doesn't fucking fail. So when you get all the neckbeards who are like, oh, see, I told you, you get all these women. Who's going to fucking suck? Men's activist group. Men's activist. <laughs> neckbeards. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening, and we will be back next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks right? for listening. Yeah. <laughs> that's your word. Come on. That's your part, though. Yeah, but you stole my thunder. Sorry. <laughs> when I die. Put that bottle in my hand All these years on earth It was my only friend When you dig a hole and gonna bury me Put that bottle of Jim Beam To rest beside me All my life I've been living on
Put that ball.